Hello, this is Pastor Kong Hee. I want to thank you for joining us on our podcast. I pray that you'll be blessed in Christ, encouraged by the Word, and experience an encounter with God. Remember, knowing God and being known by Him is the greatest pursuit of life. Enjoy the message. The fourth statement of the Apostles' Creed is this, Jesus suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. Why must Jesus suffer? The principle of the innocent dying for the guilty was established right from the very beginning at the Garden of Eden. God gave Adam and Eve garments of animal skin to cover their shame. So blood was shed in Eden. Later, God told Moses, for the life of a creature is in the blood. It is the blood that makes atonement for one's life. The New Testament says, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. Only those who are covered by the blood sacrifice are set free from the guilt of sin. This is because blood symbolizes life. The shedding of blood confirms that a life has indeed been sacrificed in place of the sinner. But why must Jesus sacrifice his life on the cross? Why can't God simply forgive sin as an act of goodwill? For sure, God is love, but he is also holy. So his is a holy love. Holiness cannot coexist with sin. Holiness must necessarily punish all wickedness. If God doesn't penalize sin, he is no longer holy, righteous, and just. Immediately, he ceases to be God. On the other hand, our sin problem is very serious. We are totally depraved, meaning we are completely damaged and corrupted by sin in every area of our life and being. We cannot stop sinning because we have no ability to stop. All day long, we break God's law and rebel against His person and His will. And the penalty of sin is eternal death and punishment. But God, in His love, He wants to forgive us. He didn't create us only to destroy us. God is love. But to forgive, He must forgive righteously in a way that is consistent with His righteousness and justice. This means that the guilty must still be judged. Now, there is no way anyone can be both penalized and pardoned. So to receive the divine pardon, a substitute must be punished on our behalf. No human qualifies to be the substitute because everyone has sinned and could scarcely bear the weight of his or her own sin. So Jesus volunteered to become man so that God in Christ could die and be condemned in our place. In this way, he is just to punish sin and at the same time, lovingly forgives the sinner. Hence, the cross is the only way mankind can be saved. Now, this is called the penal substitution because a substitute was penalized and punished for us. Jesus was that penal substitute. Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Isaiah 53 says that he suffered physically, psychologically, morally, and spiritually for all our sins. But more than the physical and psychological torture by his enemies, 
God completely pour out all the necessary wrath against sin. Our debt was paid in full. Jesus' work of salvation was finished on the cross once for all. Hallelujah. What's more, not only are we forgiven, by His stripes, we are also healed. Okay, who was Pontius Pilate? He was the Roman governor of Judea during Jesus' time. He was the one who presided over his trial and gave the order for his execution. Historical records show that Pilate was a very brutal man. Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. The fact that he was crucified means that Jesus really took our place. Death is the curse of sin. He took upon himself the curse for all our wrongdoings. This truth is important because it means that in order to die, the Son of God really took on human flesh. As a deity, Jesus cannot die. Only through a genuine incarnation by the power of the Holy Spirit could he become our substitute to die in our place. Otherwise, everything about Jesus was just play acting, a pretense, a deception. He claimed to identify with us when he didn't actually do so. Ridiculous, right? Then the fact that he was buried means he did not survive his execution. Jesus didn't swoon or faint or go into a coma and later was resuscitated. No, no, no. He really died and was really buried which also means that his resurrection was a real resurrection by the Spirit. Everything that happened at Calvary authenticated all the claims that Jesus is the Christ. C.S. Lewis was famous for what is called the Lewis Trilemma. If Jesus is not God and he ended up dying on the cross, then either he's a delusional lunatic or a pathological liar. But if he's not a lunatic or a liar, by observing how he lived and taught as clearly shown in the Gospels, then he must be divine. He must be Lord. I mean, if he's not crazy, if he's not lying, then he must be telling the truth. So lunatic, liar, or Lord, you must decide. To me, he's undoubtedly the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Thank you and God bless.